welcome back everybody. I have a pretty good show for y'all. I'm actually having a great day. I actually just came inside from making some wings outside. I have a nice beautiful day here in Texas, sunny, windy, and I have a great show for y'all. Once again, I found someone interesting online and we've been having a dialogue. Um, it actually took a while. Um, this person started following me and like basically online stalking me, but in a good way. She just was like liking all my posts, you know, uh, sharing it. And, and that's, that's what I like about this community is once you meet like-minded people, it's not that we're in an echo chamber, but we're kind of more free thinkers who have found the others. And that's another thing I always talk about is finding the others. And I feel I found them. I actually found another one through Ashley so it's Ash. I met Ashley. Um, I'm gonna bring her in in a bit, and then through her, she and uh, in, in, she kind of um, introduced me to her friend Share uh, Char. So uh, these are two very interesting people. I only talked to Char for like three minutes prior to this, and I was like, oh okay, this is my type of person. We're gonna get along just fine. And uh, Ashley, just a little bit about her. She is an artist essentially. She paints and draws some really cool stuff. Y'all should check her out. We're going to plug all their stuff in a bit, but um, yeah, she just, I like people like who create and make things out of their own skill. Like you just give her a paper and a pencil and she'll create something. And not many people can do that. Not many people can harness their own skills or their own inner strengths to actually create something out of nothing. And it's sad to say, but in this world, not many people have a skill. And um, so I just want to bring them in. Hi, Ashley and hi, Char. Oh, thank you so much for having us on. Char? Can you hear me, Char? Is she here? Did she see? Anyways, uh, how are you doing today, Ashley? Doing great. We're just enjoying a windstorm over here, but it's beautiful and sunny. Um, it's really in Canada right now, sunny? Uh, yeah, our snow's finally melted after lots of like schizophrenic back and forth, largely thanks to the geoengineering of the government, surely. Mm, what, do you, what, what is this geoengineering you talk about? Certainly. So uh, there's a lot of patents that you can trace back. Uh, a project in particular is Project Popeye back in the Vietnam War, where they used geoengineering to control the weather and incite storms where there weren't any to rain out the uh the enemy so-called and the patents are in the hundreds insofar as the geoengineering patents themselves but there's things like heart technology as well as uh chemtrailing which i'm sure you're aware of yeah that uh cause created weather all the time and that weather involves neurotoxins and heavy metals right right okay so we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves but first i want to start off with asking you how did you come across this type of information because we spoke earlier and you mentioned you've been talking about this stuff or researching at least uh six years tell me about yeah, that it's been a long time and a bit of a process um i met a person out in Kananaskis that kind of got me at least thinking properly or starting to look into these things and questioning them a bit more. But of course, talking to my first so-called conspiracy theorist, I thought a lot of what he was saying was absolute bunk. Who was this um, person? Oh gosh, I, I can't rightly recall his name now, but uh, just a buddy I met while I was working out in the mountains there. And 
he uh, spoke about how we're run by a bunch of pedophiles that control the banking system and that the weather isn't real. So all of it threw me for a loop. Interesting. Okay, Ashley, so you were saying that this guy, did he, this person just straight up tell you that the world is run by pedos or did he slowly try to introduce you into this? Oh, he dropped the bomb pretty heavy and it was that that really made me start looking into it. Um, I had had previously to speaking with him and I had been reading um, Fingerprints of the Gods, which is a book that kind of goes into, gosh, a lot of variant forms of history, but it opens up by talking about ancient map making and how not only is it apparent in our most ancient maps that are like on record that longitude and latitude were already figured out, but it also shows that as the ice cap has progressively melted, it's shown that those maps are exactly accurate, right. which completely flies in the face of them telling us that like the ice age hit and humanity only existed after the ice age. Right. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. Just the, that idea alone of map making, like how did they do that thousand years ago? And I actually, oh, indeed. I follow this one guy on Instagram. Um, his name is I am the improbable dreamer, I think. And he's always posting stuff. I'm sure maybe you have heard of Tartaria and the mud flood. Have y'all the mud flood? Yes. Um, Ashley spoken to me about the mud flood. Yeah, I think it's so fascinating because there's this idea that in the past we were probably even more technologically advanced than we are now. And I just, it's fascinating to see that there was a whole different world prior to all of this, kind of like a great reset, you know? Totally. And that's kind of what it comes down to is it proves that there was a civilization that had explored the entirety of the planet, mapped it all, and likely built or, or at least had some hand in building the ancient like megalithic structures that we have no ability to replicate with our current day technology. Right. Um, and who's to say how this is all affiliated, but you mentioned the mud flood and there, there were giants. There's lots of um, old newspaper clippings of ancient or not ancient but uh bodies of giants being found right. in the smithsonian always taking them yeah it's so, wild how there's all of this information and proof out there yet it's all like swept under the rug you don't hear about it in school or in museums or anywhere it should be like the biggest news there were giants in the past there's skeletons and there's even y'all can see in all the old ancient monolithic sites they have giant stairs and giant doors and giant chairs like why are they making all this giant stuff it's not for nothing there were giants in the past people it's in the bible it's it's in all of the ancient cultures they speak about giants exactly totally so okay we kind of got ahead so you, I, you mentioned that this guy straight up just told you about the pedals did this not take you by surprise or you didn't think he was crazy or what went through your mind as as he told you this it it jived spiritually with me i suppose just because so much about culture and civilization is blatantly bragging it's in plain sight about these things um like you, you don't have to look any further than the current standing president and seeing the many many reels of him holding children against his groin and sniffing their hair and caressing them while their parents are standing right next to them right. to see the type of civilization the elites have set up and enjoy yeah, and see, that's what always boggles my mind. What is it about some people that you can show them the truth or uh, plant a seed, but they won't keep inqu inquiring or researching or look looking into it? Like, I'm very 
proud and surprised that you that somebody told you straight up the world is run by pedos and you were like um okay let me see i'm gonna look into it and you did and here we are and i i always wonder what do you think it is about people that they can see the truth but they don't want to believe it or or see it for what it is honestly the same thing happened with Shar and I when we first uh, met and became friends as I kind of threw all this at her and she did the exact same thing as me which is dive in with both feet and start researching so um, I think it's a, a question of I don't know the regular break from cognitive dissonance maybe you have to be a bit of a black sheep to begin with to have that kind of steel in your heart to be ready for your world to shatter Right. what do you think Shar? I, I'm always far more cynical than you. You always put things in such a more eloquent way. But I just think that people are lazy and people don't want to take the personal responsibility because if people started to recognize just how much of a sham our entire world is and how everything around them would crumble if they really did integrate the truth, then they would have to take a lot more personal responsibility for their health, for their well-being, for their you know, ability to keep their family safe, for their conscious, for, their, for them being able to live with you know, charities they support or things that they do in their day-to-day life, knowing that, you know, it's, it's run by pedos or there's, there's probably kids in some basement somewhere making me this product or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. And I think it's also, it's been, this has, this ignorance has been manufactured and inserted into people through culture. It's all designed to keep you passive and just docile and just accept whatever they're telling you. And it starts in school and then they use religion and so many methods to indoctrinate you to to just accept things as they are. So, okay, so how did you uh, wake up, Char, Ashley? Well, uh, I should really let her speak to that, but we met at a group that was learning about and teaching about common law, which we're going to get into a little bit later. Yeah. But uh, it was, did we meet at the farmer's market the first time, Char, or was it at one of the the secret meetings that was during the mandates of not allowing No, it was, it was out at the ranch there at one of the, one of the markets I met you for the first time there, and I stayed for the meditation that evening. Oh, yeah, totally. Wow. So, see, I think it's beautiful. Y'all were already somewhat on the path because, first of all, for someone to go to a farmer's market, I believe that entails that you were very curious and very proactive in your health and what you consume and, and where you buy your foods. And better yet, this was an anti-mask market right during the start of the pandemic, which at least here in Canada was very severe, especially in Alberta where we are. Mm, interesting. And, and also, y'all, y'all, were about to, y'all were talking about meditating. I think that's another similar thread that runs through this type of people. Uh, the truther community is that they're trying to get in touch with themselves and really trying to figure out who they are inside. And I feel meditation is a great, powerful tool for that. So after y'all met, what, what happened? Y'all were just talking about this stuff instantly? Or was it a slow opening? Or how, how did this happen? Well, I had done I I had done some research prior to um, engaging with Ashley or meeting her for the first time, but it was only centered around specifically the the, the flu that we're experiencing now. Um, aside from that, I really hadn't learned anything. So when we started speaking about COVID, she um, she just kind of piled the rest of it on a little bit, like not just all at once, but kind of. And it just it was it just all made sense instantaneously. She was telling me about the symbols to look for everywhere, like the, the one eye and like the triangle and um, 
the 666 sign and just once you start paying attention and realizing that those are done for a reason it's really easy to recognize that exactly like she said you don't have to look very far right to and see it's, that it's, it's very believable it's crazy how obvious it is and just how how easily it flies over people's heads and this is why i was just when you told me that you kind of just recently woke up i was just like wow this is the kind of person i would love to talk to because it's happening by the millions now. People are, and I think it was happening before COVID. People were already questioning the authorities. They were questioning why is the world running the way it is. And they, that, I think that COVID was one of the big things that they used for is to kind of squash that fire that was beginning to grow worldwide. Uh, Hong Kong was protesting. Europe was protesting. Um, South America. It seemed like the world was waking up and trying to push back against the oppressors who always keep people down in negative low frequencies and so Shar, um what when she when you started thinking when she told you this stuff about the symbols and stuff was it like a big great awakening or was it like slowly you were looking at things and your eyes were opening slowly or was it like your eyes were pried open um, it, it was pretty rapid. I had done, I had, I had heard just a couple of fringe little type things, not really anything too alarming um, that alluded to the things that she was, you know, informing me more thoroughly on. And um, I definitely didn't think that it was impossible. And when, when I started waking up about the whole like health system fraud scenario, I watched a few documentaries and they touched on a couple different things about the pedophilia and all the child sex trafficking rings and all of that. And so it, uh, she has a way about her. She's not the kind of, uh, she can make things make more, much more sense than I ever can when I explain them. And so when you listen to her try to, you know, wake someone up or give them a conversation where they can go and do their own research, it's, it's very valuable and it's very robust. And so she, she didn't leave a lot to the imagination. Like she definitely filled me in and, and, uh, she's she's a wealth of knowledge that's for sure yeah that's beautiful see that's the thing about this community we're just trying to help others like i wish i was wrong about all this stuff but it's like no nah, man i've researched this long enough to connect all the different points and see that there's obviously something going on and and it's just it's not that i'm fear-mongering i just i'm like hey brother look this is going on and with this information may benefit you please take it in and if you want don't believe me but look into it yourself it'll benefit you and your family and your community and i just think it's wonderful it's like this comrade, comrade, I can't even say it, camaraderie. Yeah, it's that we, yeah. we're all trying to lift each other up. We're, we see each other as a, a earth family. We're all together in this as one. But the people, the oppressors come in and they try to divide everybody through sex, gender and all these things. So I guess, um, so did y'all become, y'all became friends after this instantly? Y'all exchanged phone numbers or what happened? We were thick as thieves right quick. Yes, we were. <laughs> and uh, so and I'm sure this happens with me, too. Once I meet someone, they start sending me links. I send them links and we're like, oh, shit, what? what? I didn't know about this. And we send each other documentaries and stuff. And you mentioned one documentary chart. Uh, do you remember which one it was? Um, I watched, uh, I think it's called Fall of the Cabal. Oh, yeah. um, it's by a woman from the um, Netherlands. Um, it was like a 13 part series that I saw on YouTube before it was deleted. She has a sequel out for it now as well, actually. Okay. That, that, was, that was a big one that opened my eyes to a lot of stuff and, you know, confirmed talking points that I'd had with Ashley, for sure. 
Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I like how you actually, you had posted some of it on your um, Instagram. And I think this is another beautiful thing that the internet kind of got away from them, that we get to spread all this information to anyone. And anyone who's, if you share this to somebody and they were just like, okay, I'll check it out. I'll give it some time. You you plant that seed and they'll be like, hmm, they'll be scratching their, their head and be like, okay, maybe there's something to it. But again, I always wonder what is it about certain people that you can show this to them and they'll turn it off or walk away and be like, nah, screw this, I don't believe you. Like, it's crazy how powerful their propaganda is. It is that, and that's exactly it, is we, not just for, like, our existing civilization, but for the rise and fall of all the civilizations, we've always had the same bloodlines at the helm of control. So when we talk about culture and education and the food we eat, the water we drink, it is all always been controlled by these people and we are fed drugs by them we are inhaling drugs by them we are being visually fed drugs and intoxicants it's all brainwashing it's all degrading and it really is a type of spiritual warfare that we're living through civilization by civilization right when people when i start talking to them about this stuff and a, a bunch of questions they start asking me questions like who why why would they do this and it's very hard to explain, but if you, if you come at it from that angle, like you said, the spiritual side, then it all perfectly makes sense. Because before I would ask myself, before I, I came back to Christianity and spirituality, I would ask myself and be like, okay, why are these people do this? They have the power, they have the land, they have everything they could ever want. What is, what is the real purpose of this? And then you, you look at it through that lens of spiritual warfare, and then it all starts to make sense. They, 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 all of this is to steal your attention and your uh, admiration for God, the, the Lucifer, whoever this dark entity is, I, I don't really like to give it a name because it might have been changed. But there's this there's this dark side that's that feeds off darkness and negativity and the pain of the world. And, and I'm just telling you, people, if you can just see it from that angle and realize that there is a good side, there is morality, there is something to doing the right thing, to sacrificing yourself for others or for helping your community. And if you can just see it through that angle, it, it would all make sense. So you were saying that this stems back thousands of years through the bloodlines. Could you elaborate on that, please? Certainly. So uh, it really links back to the Pharisees' bloodlines, but, I mean, history goes back a bit further than that, and uh, we know the same bloodlines had control. But um, it's it's such a grand overarch to try and explain. But if, if you look at the bloodlines that have controlled, you know, all of our... Uh, big companies and our banking it comes down to the i'm sure you guys have heard about like the illuminati families or the 13 or right like the the groups that kind of make up the cabal yeah but those are kind of just a, a certain level of the control yes there's someone behind them higher up in the period pyramid right. yes but below that is all of the secret societies okay and uh, it's it's a system of control that's a, like Shar and my theorizing really is about like not just degrading us spiritually but siphoning our very souls I kind of suspect that the technology is kind of leeching our spirit energy constantly and we're living within the network and webbing of it all but I'm getting ahead of myself as far as the pharaohs are concerned my understanding is and this links into masonry directly that there was um 
the group of firstborns within the pharaoh families and then all of those born afterwards hmm. and then the non-firstborn children wanted to make a way that they could assure themselves to have control um within the system and kind of take it from their firstborn siblings and uh they kind of elected a system of a secret cabal that represents the red and the blue, which you'll see a lot hmm. in programming throughout right. all media. And it, that's very interesting. Maybe you can elaborate more on that because uh, I had heard on a podcast, I didn't really understand, but they were talking about how Jesus is always painted in blue and red. What does that mean exactly? In, <laughs> That's part of the trouble is, just as I was mentioning before, all of these civilizations have been controlled. And to my understanding, even the very uh, Bible itself and possibly the stories it all tells is uh, another method of controlled opposition. Right. But, so let me so, ask you this. Do you, are, are you a spiritual person? Much so. Much. And I do believe in our, like a creator um, and that this is all... All existence is thrumming for the greater spiritual enrichment of existence. I think that's the end goal of whatever sort of program existence has been designed to run for right. is enlightenment and rejoining with what many call God. Right. The I, trouble is, it's very fascinating yeah. because, like you, I, I love that you said creator. Because a lot of people like to espouse that it's either a God or a law. And it's like, I don't know. I, language has, like you, we're going to get into it later. Language is kind of like a virtual reality. And it's been altered. It's been tampered with to take away the power that it originally stems from. So um, do you espouse to any particular uh, religion? Or are you more like open to just the creator? I like knowing about the variants of religion and have had been interested in a lot throughout my years. Um, I, however, under, like ha hold the comprehension uh, that it all seems like, why, why would they allow a pure word to carry through? In fact, you, you look at the history of the Bible itself, and pope by pope, you can see the many, many alterations that have been made. Mm -hmm. And that's outside of kings making alterations and what have you. Mm -hmm. So with that, we know the proof that it is not the unmarred word of God. It is a work of man. Right. So it's, it's, it's tough to say to people who I know wholeheartedly believe in the book being holy or any book being holy right because it's all a creation of man otherwise yeah like and it's all creation of man like you said and and if you really do research you'll realize that there's books missing from the bible and once you follow that trail you'll realize oh okay wow why are they hiding this stuff and it's like if you put it all together it all like you said it all ties in that thing of it's all spiritual warfare to to disconnect you to make you believe that none of this is real and i'm sure y'all heard that her have heard that adage that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to get people to not believe in him and that's exactly what's going on and let me ask you yeah. char um were you always a spiritual person uh, or did this or is this something new in your life um when i was young growing up uh, i was raised um, fairly Christian. My family was, was fairly Christian, fairly devout, going to church every Sunday, etc. And then I went through quite a long period of being like staunchly anti-religion. I was 
I was very atheist and I, I, for a long period of time, believed that it was just asinine to believe that there was any such thing as the creator. I thought 100% that we were here strictly from evolution. And then as soon as I started waking up to the medical corruption and all of that, and Ashley started to explain to me in deeper, um, in deeper detail about the energy harvesting and, and our souls feeding into the these evil entities that are siphoning our very existence, that definitely opened my eyes to, well, there's got to be some reason they're doing it, and it doesn't really make sense that they're doing it for any other reason. So, right. yeah, I over the last year, I've definitely opened myself wide up again to spirituality, and I'm, I'm much the same with Ashley. I, I believe in the creator. I believe that we were created, but I wouldn't be able to identify with one specific religion by any means. Right, right. And see, I think that's another similar thread between people like us. It's that they probably grew up in the church and they departed because, like I said, the world and society and um, the whole world, it just, it works so hard. It spends so much money and time to try to manipulate your mind, to, to twist it and to get you to think that there's nothing. Like we can talk, like I think it all stems from that. Even we can talk about flat earth and a lot of people think that that's a stupid idea. I used to as well. But once again, you look yeah. at it through that angle of why would they lie and what does it all entail? And it all entails that it it demonstrate that there's a proof of a creator or something bigger than us that put us here for a reason and if you follow the ideology or the messages of the world you come to think that no it's all just an accident it was a big bang it was all an accident everything that led up to us being alive was an accident so you know you start following that that way or that mentality you start denying god and you just start believing in science and the scientists and whatever these new uh popes i believe science is the new religion people just blindly believe whatever these scientists tell them without really doing the research themselves actually absolutely uh, it's much the same for me as char in that i lived most of my life touting myself as an atheist and um i guess just being really brainwashed by the what people who believe in the political system call the sort of liberal agenda um but it wasn't until I realized about the child trafficking and the ritual abuse, um, the satanic ritual abuse, that I kind of came around to the understanding that evil and the demonic realm definitely exist, and people praise it, and they're pouring blood into the earth for it. And therefore, the beauty and spirituality that I've always connected with since childhood, when you look at nature, just existence overall, it dances to a symphony, and that is creation in motion. Right. And it finally clicked that, like, you know, you can't escape it however you um, compartmentalize in your brain that we're, we're all walking around in this design. Right. It's so beautiful. Like, just to step out, once I step out of my house every morning, I look at the trees and I just... I give a little thanks and a little gratitude and I say, wow, how amazing how everything works. And it's all for a reason. Everything natural, the trees, the ground, the mycelium, the trees, the, the sun, the air, the oceans. It's all like created for us for a reason. And people just people demand for a miracle. They want a miracle to believe in God. But it's like there's millions of miracles staring you right in the face. The fact that you woke up this morning is a huge miracle. The fact that the world operates and runs because of the certain laws that God put in place. It's like, dude, the proof is everywhere. And I want to share with y'all something that I bring up often. Um, on the Encyclopedia of the Freemasons, 
they have the de definition for atheist. And for them, the definition of an atheist is somebody who is who is has been corrupted, whose mind has been corrupted because the principles and the proofs of God are everywhere. They call people who are atheists stupid because for you to not see and notice everything is made by something intelligent, you're a stupid being. How can you not acknowledge that? The proof is everywhere, you know? And I just think it's beautiful that there's people like us who who wake up from this trance. And it, it's sad to see there's billions of people out there in a trance and they're just kind of like zombies. And I think that whole zombie thing, the movies and all of that was just a metaphor for people who are just blindly consuming without really stopping to think of why they're doing it. So, if, if I may though, yeah. it is even more than a metaphor. Um, it, it's predictive programming and that's part of the like formulaic function of how the secret sex of the secret magics function is by priming human cognizance with the program of how they intend for it to run. Right. So it's it's all a part of the brainwashing process. The Simpsons isn't predicting shit. The, the creator was a Freemason. Right, yes. And he was telling us what was to come over and over and over again. Okay, yeah. You, so you're talking about predictive programming right now. Could you define that for us, please? Well, it's just like the, the name itself says. They are programming what they are predicting so-called will happen, but it's actually their plans. And they... Oh gosh, I can't remember what war it was, but there's the minutes from a high Masonic meeting and they said they were going to create a war to cause a certain division over a hundred years before the actual war happened. Wow. So they plan these things centuries ahead of time. Right. Yep. And then it's like a they joke about Trump playing multi-level chess. That's what they do. It's it's on every thread of existence there's a different level and they're playing with it all. Right. Yeah. I, I got to give it to them because they, as evil as they are, they are actually very smart as well. But I, I just think that's because they have the money and the time. But it's fascinating how much symbolism and how many things can tie in. If you just really pay attention, all the numerology and, and the places they do these things, it's all symbolic for a reason. I just think it's it's wild. So let's get into this because I want to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I was just going to say, no, pardon me, I'm interjecting, but I was going to say that ties back to the Bible again because you notice that Jesus was born and then he only comes back when he's 33, which mm. is the high Masonic number and in, in so far as public Masonry is concerned. Okay, okay. What does a 33 mean to you? Because I always hear people talk about this, but they, they never really go into what it means. What, what do you think this yeah. this number means? From my research and understanding and, and having a, a couple of video, like through video looks at the Masonic Bible, there's 33 levels to Freemasonry, though the high Masons drop hints that there's like upwards of 90 levels. Okay. But as far as like the general public is concerned and has access to, there's the levels of the stairway up to full enlightenment. And each of those levels, you have to go through rituals and pledge yourself to secrecy every different time. And as each time you raise up a level, you're also um, pledging yourself to the seeking of light, which at the starting blocks of Masonry, so the vast majority of the population that claims they are Freemasons, 
are being told that it is whatever their understanding of God is that they are pledging themselves to. And so far as like they're working for their community, they're hanging out with the boys, they're getting connections. But then you get closer to the 33rd degree and it's revealed that the so-called light you have been swearing your soul to and pledging your allegiance and secrecy to is the light of Lucifer. Right. Yep. Yeah, and, I, I think it's wild how people... I, I always have you seen this documentary by Altian Childs? Maybe I've heard of it. It's by this Australian rock singer who breaks it all down. I'm gonna. I, s- I feel. I feel like I've seen parts of it. Okay, I'm gonna send y'all the link because this is one of the most powerful videos I've seen, and he says just exactly that that Freemasonry. Yes, on the cover, it can be seen as somewhat of a good organization that that um, gives money to the poor and to the orphans but behind it there's like a secret that you kind of get it initiated through through certain things that you do or they'll ask you questions and depending on how you respond on how or how are you act and how willing you're how willing you are to defile or to denounce your god they'll be like oh, okay maybe this guy we can really bring him into the real ranks and like like this guy says is once you get to the top, like you said, uh, Ashley, it's all satanic worship. It's just a cover. It's lies within lies. It's all secrecy. And another thing from the Bible, it says that just a way to denounce and disprove Masons. In the Bible, it says, do not call yourselves masters because your only master is the one who's in heaven. And this is all they do. These Masons, they call each other like master, second degree, uh, like all of their titles as you ascend. They all have something. To, right. Yeah. They all have the, the word master in them. And if you just read the Bible and take it for what it says, it's telling you right then and there, don't call yourselves masters. And it also says don't call anyone your father because your father is in heaven so with that alone you can denounce the whole catholic church you know they always want the pope to be called the father but the only real father he's the one above who created everything yeah okay and it ties into the very like idea of philanthropy is one of their inventions and that's a means of um their sort of understanding and preachings of the um dualism of existence and that good deeds outweigh bad. So as long as you're doing philanthropy, you can do as many bad deeds as you want. Oh, right. They use it as a mask. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, a, a thing they hide behind. And that kind of ties back with the Bible again, too, in that they view everything as dualistic. So indeed, they let through spiritual truth because the people need spirituality to stay spiritually potent i think that's what they're siphoning us for like why would they allow us to become awakened and interact with each other when they can so easily kill us with 5g Hmm. because they want potent ones they're not going to get much siphoning off of a brainwashed like office drone they need the spiritually potent wow we need things to guide our spirit that's very fascinating because when you were saying that, it reminded me of something Aleister Crowley wrote, the, that uh, Satanist worshiping piece of crap. He said on one of his books that whenever you want to like gain a lot of uh, dark power or dark energy, he said that the best way to do it is to like defile a smart young boy, and especially one who's already uh, a Christian, because defiling that is even more pleasing to Lucifer and shit. That, that that's disgusting. Right, so that's a question of the most potential. Right, yes. The, the, uh, take down whatever has the most power or the most allegiance to God. Damn, it's kind of remind me of Job as well. He wanted to turn Job away from God. Mm. 
Okay, so let's get into this because a, a topic that I find very interesting is word magic or how they use language to manipulate people. And this is such a basic and subtle but very powerful form of control. And you were mentioning something about word magic. Can you talk to us about that, please, Ashley? Sure. Well, if I may, Char's blowing smoke up my ass about me being like more poetic than her. And I know she knows a little bit. No, no. So maybe if she no, could start she's out not. and I could she's elaborate after. <laughs> No, please, please. Um, <laughs> I, you, I think you need to take this one, Ashley. <laughs> oh, shucks. Okay. All right. Well, um, as far as um, the controlling cabal is concerned, they've had the reins on how our language has formed over the decades and civilizations as well. Um, <clears throat> and a big part of how control is kind of like woven through existence is how we speak out because uh it, you can hear it in the word spelling is spell casting right. just as television is tell lie vision and programming programs us um it it's all um very potent uh, as we speak things out so uh common law is the law of the land versus the maritime law which is the so-called law that all of our existence really functions off of from our sin numbers to us paying taxes to the the same cabal that are doing the child abusing um that's a part of maritime law and maritime law views that um everything on the ship is owned by the ship captain. So if you're going traveling, you're gonna be turning over your passport to that captain and you're not getting it back unless they say it's cool for you to. This is linking back to the Pharisees time. Um, and uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll relate this back to birth actually. Yeah, man, this when, is so fascinating. Please, sorry, go ahead. No, not at all, not at all. Um, I'm the one tripping over my words, so pardon me. But when we are born, we are told uh, we are birthed instead. Yes. The actual origin of the word birth is a ship births into the dock. Right. You'll notice we'll, we're pulled out of the waters of our mother by a dock tour. When a ship docks into the dock, when a ship is birthed into the dock, pardon me, the dock man would be the person that would take over ownership of all of the goods mm -hmm. that the ship captain had originally had. It was there in the dock that the slaves would be sold, that all of the other materials would be sold. So when you are wishing someone a happy birthday, you are acknowledging their existence as a slave because we are not birthed, we are born. Um, the, our, our very birth certificates are actually another move by the cabal of control because I think post-World War One or two, I always get confused lately, um, everyone was in debt to the same Federal Reserve because they had nearly all of the banks on the crust of the earth controlled by them, but they had also been the ones to start the wars. And so they lent money to both sides for the wars to be able to function. So everyone's in debt. They offered bailout if everyone agreed to have their money backed by birth certificates rather than by gold or silver. Hmm. And of course, everyone agreed, because why wouldn't they agree to a bailout? Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, 
birth certificates became the backing for all money that's printed. They have like numbers on the back of them that correlate to all of the money that's printed. And it is an agreement of debt on the head of every child and every person existing for the worth of their so-called life over the duration of it being printed on that head. Right. Maybe you can also talk to talk to us about how this was brought on. But I think in 1666, I think a pope, he he said he wrote a decree saying that basically all men are considered death, dead and lost. And it's not until they reclaim their livelihood that they can actually be considered as humans. Am I correct in saying that? Never heard of that Pope's edict, but it's very interesting. And it does come down to, again, how um, common law versus the maritime law functions. Because when we look at our SIN number or our birth certificate or our license, our names are written in all capitals. Right. Which is what you do with product. Yes, yeah, so what you do on gravestones. Oh, right, right, right. So you're saying that in whenever we capitalize our name or anything that our name is printed on that represent us, such as license, licenses, uh, birth certificates, marriages, it's all just represented, uh, copy, not the real you, it's kind of like a corporatized version of you? Very much so. It's, it's representing us as a consumable rather than a soulful being, rather than a creation of God. We're a creation of man. Right. By becoming a product. And then if you really think about it w with what they're doing now and all these injections, they're altering the DNA, which is kind of at a molecular uh, genetic level is altering you to now become a, a real human. So first they did it with just language and word magic, but now they're actually doing it at a molecular physical level. Okay, so what else? You said something else about that word magic that they use, such as um, whenever... If, if a, you mentioned something about how if a police officer asks you if you have children, what does this mean? So, when do you remember this one, Char? Um, yeah, I the the verbiage that you're supposed to use in order to be functioning properly under common law would be sons and daughters, not children or kids. I'm not sure if kids was a thing, but children for sure. Um, it relates to uh, billy goats, so that's them weaving in their Baphomet worship again. Hmm. I think that's but, interesting because that also ties in with, I don't know, I think recently in this year, past year, I think Nancy Pelosi was trying to get it to change the language in Washington and all the uh, literature that they write to make laws. They actually wanted to take out the words daughter and son. They wanted to change it to just uh, offspring. What do y'all think about that? What does that make y'all think about Wow. That that makes me think that they that it's that's just another really really um ah, easily verifiable piece of proof that it's not like this is something that the quote unquote lower rungs of our government are unaware of because if they would go so far as to change something that would seem as trivial as the, the verbiage like that in their laws and in their contracts then there's a reason they're doing that obviously they wouldn't just do that for fun so clearly they understand the weight and the implications behind that verbiage and right. they they're pretty low on the totem pole when you consider how high the pyramid goes so right that, yeah so and they also uh, with that mm -hmm. i forgot to mention they also wanted to remove the words uh father and mother to just parent Mm. That also ties in, you, you can check out Black's Law Dictionary, which is like the legalese dictionary of language, um, and, and see the actual definitions as it's observed by the law, um, 
so-called law. And the word children actually means ward of the state. So if an officer say were to approach your house and say, are these your children? And you say, yeah, those are, those are my kids or whatever. You, by the, you know, legalese mumbo jumbo black magic that they practice, have agreed that those are not your born babies, your sons or daughters, but rather wards of the state. And therefore the officer automatically has right to enter your home, though they will very rarely enlist this because they don't want the general public knowing they can bust in as soon as you make a single verbal trip up. Wow. That is how the law works. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think I had seen a video back in a while how, yeah, there's Black's, or what would you say this was, Black's Law, or what was it? Black's Law Dictionary. That Yeah, that's what you said defines everything that law is based off of. So, yeah, you can see some laws, but when you really look up the definition of what the words they are using mean, it can totally mean something different from what you thought it actually meant. Even if an officer asks you, who are you? You don't really want to say that you are your name because the word name comes back to those slaves being sold off of the ships. It was the tags that they wore saying who they were owned by. And just as our names themselves are written in those capital letters and we tell the officer that as we hand them our license, that's us saying that, no, I'm not a man or I'm not a woman. I am this slave number. Wow. That's that's wild. It's just diabolical, isn't it? And, you know, and that, that alone made me think of just this idea that from the Bible, when God, uh, I think Moses in, in, I think Exodus asks him who he is, God responds. He doesn't give him his name. He basically just says, I am that I am. It's like he doesn't really tag himself with anything. He just is. And I don't know if giving people names. I mean, I'm sure we need our name to identify each other, but... Who you really, really are is not your name. It's not where you work. It's not what you like. It's it's deeper. It's it's something your essence, and that I don't think you can. It can be named. I mean, sure, my name is Juan, but who I really am is just I. I just am, and I am. I, I don't know. It's it's a very thing. It's a weird thing when I'm thinking about it right now. What do you think about that? It, it's so lovely because the I am that I am always gives me shivers, and sometimes I'll pray to that, like just pray to I am. Right. rather than saying creator but um if you do like and want to try and conduct yourself in like common law lingo you can say i go by juan oh okay yeah yeah have you seen those I videos of how uh there's people who go to court and they know all of this stuff and they get like all their cases expunged or like um just they let them go free or, yeah that's because as soon as you know how to stand as a man or woman within the system, you're no longer within the system, so they can't deal with you. Right, and I think that's why they go through such efforts to, to indoctrinate you and to make you a passive, dumb human to where you can't defend yourself with knowledge, and it's all knowledge. I mean, knowledge is not good or bad. Uh, it can either be used for good or bad, so I think just that's just another excuse or reason that they use to to make everyone as dumb as possible and not just through education, they do it through the the stuff that you watch on TV, the food that you eat, the air that you breathe. It's all been tainted and poisoned and it's sad. Like I have a daughter and it's just sad when I think about the fact that she's grown up in a world where the water has been poisoned, the air, the food. I, I think I just read an article about how people, even the healthiest people have microplastics in their lungs. And it's like, we're all just, nature has been, destroyed and like for what for 
corporations to sell their plastics, it's, it's sick. It, it, it is. It's really disturbing. It's devastating when you really think about it. When you think about the fact that the, this, the earth that we are existing on at this current moment, regardless of what it is, whether it's round or flat or a snow globe on somebody's coffee table somewhere, whatever it is, it had everything available to us that we would have possibly ever needed to survive and to thrive because nature knows no scarcity. That's not how that works. And yet, because of man interjecting and and changing the game, now now look what we're left with. I know, and it's sad because we could have a heaven on, our, on earth. You know, and I see a lot of videos and channels and accounts of people who are like, they're not rich or anything by any means, but they go around helping people, just giving money to the homeless or to just giving whatever they have. And like when I think about that and see that, and then I look at people like Elon Musk or these super mega rich people, how is it that there's still poverty and hunger in the world? Like I could never become a, a rich person without, like I couldn't because I would be handing all my money away. I can't look at somebody who needs food or clothes or something and just walk past them. I mean, every time I have money and I walk past a homeless person, I usually give it all away. I can't have my pockets stuffed and see somebody who's dying of hunger. It's it's crazy. Like Elon Musk over here, he's saying he's trying to better mankind by giving everybody internet. Why don't you just start with giving everybody some food? I mean, he he Elon has Elon Musk though. He's such a controlled opposition. That man is he's the harbinger of Neuralink, which is implanting technology into our very flesh, which is the joining of metal and clay, as it's written in the Bible. Oh. Tell me about that. What does it say that? I don't think I remember that. Um, gosh, I, I don't know my Bible quotes properly, but uh, it does speak to that being like a part of the downfall of like man wow. when we allow our flesh to be integrated with metal, so-called. So we are the clay. I've never... Metal the, the creation of man. I've never thought about it that way, but that makes perfect sense. Metal being technology and then mm -hmm. the clay. And have you heard about, uh, I think it's Sophia Turner. I think her name is. She was the original creator of The Matrix. Have you heard about her? Uh, her and her sister, I suppose. I think now. so, yes. They used to be the brothers. No, 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 no. They stole that idea from somebody named Sophia Turner. So it was this black lady who she wrote a book called The Third Eye. And her book was actually a Christian book. And uh, so if you, okay, think about it like this. The movie Terminator and the movie The Matrix are actually together. Terminator is the prequel and The Matrix is what happens after the Terminators take over the world. So in her story, JC, uh, John Connor is Jesus Christ. He is the one who was going to set everything straight and take away the power from the machines and give it back to mankind. So it's wild. When You should look into her. I think her name's Sophia Stewart. But it's, this, it's wild because her whole, this movie, this franchise has made millions and it was stolen from her. And she tried to like uh, appeal and like um, fight for her, her rights in court, but they never allowed it to go through. And it's just wild how you look at it through that lens that, yes, all of this is all about transhumanism and detaching man from what he is, clay, and attaching it to something else and dehumanizing it. Holy smokes. Well, see, I totally make sense why they would hijack something like that and why they would put their own spin on it. But I would be extremely curious as to, like, what, what where, like, how she came up with that, how she, how she tried to communicate that story and that version of, of reality like we're like you know what i mean like the... right and but also her, what's the, her affiliations who are her family members right. 
and the name of the book like, itself is called the third eye and when you yeah, when you really look very into occulted that, itself what does that mean to you because people always come to me thinking or talking about how the third eye is enlightenment or coming closer to god but i i don't think that at all what does it mean to you ashley well you actually kind of touched on it before when you brought up meditation in that like there's a lot of spiritual practice that has been um like bastardized and mutilated by the controllers i suppose so to whatever extent that divinity can be reached and accessed they've also kind of like taken control of it and mutated it so everything from like you know alistair crowley and uh oh gosh uh blavatsky yes thank you both wrote extensively about like yoga and sex magic and how like rape and torture is a part of the process of sacrifice and what have you um it's it's all the third eye is a part one of the chakras that they force open when they're forcibly anally raping children in order to fracture their personalities to allow for mk ultra programming to take place like these are ancient magics that the occult have utilized for longer than we know human history exists. It is written in the ancient Egyptian Book of the Dead, the processes that they ended up using to form MKUltra programming in the CIA. Wow. So these are very old practices and old magics that are being repackaged and put out to the so-called woke community as spirituality. Mm -hmm. And the New Age movement. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. actually, I, before we move forward, I wanted to circle back to about just the note of you having a little one on the crest with us and us just having to exist through this insanity. And Shar and I have talked about this quite a bit. I, I really do think that we're all called here, that our souls, like there's there's plenty of proof of kids remembering their re previous reincarnations and the, the recycling of souls somehow being stuck on the crust here occurring. Mm -hmm. I think our spirits have chosen to exist in this time period because we're all meant to have a hand in the process of spiritual awakening of, pardon me, the spiritual awakening of humanity. Yes. And it's a part of the shared co like cognizance of humanity that we all have sway in. Right. It's kind of a butterfly effect sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. We're in the Great Awakening, and while you were talking about how uh, children are more attuned to this, uh, I actually was thinking about this the other day. Like, why? Why is it that animals and children are more attuned to this, seeing, you know, maybe things that adults or people who are set in the waist can't see? But if you think about it, you know, children are still young. Their their bodies are still they're they're. Their, their minds haven't been calcified by all the fluoride and all the poisons and all the pesticides they put in food. So their their mind is still kind of fresh and it hasn't been destroyed to, to how an adult has. Our minds have already been set in their ways and their, their pineal gland has been calcified to where we can't really connect to source anymore as, as a kid. And I can remember as a kid, I used to have a lot of dreams that would be... I don't know if it was deja vu, but I would have dreams and they would occur or just mystical things like that. I feel like I would have a closer connection to God and I can still do it now somewhat, but it's much harder. Yeah, prophetic dreams. Right, yeah. Okay, so um, let's talk about, I wrote this also, you mentioned something about the Red Shoe Club. What is the Red Shoe Club? Do you want to field that one? That, no, uh, that's again, that's, that's all you <laughs> 
All right. Sorry, I keep throwing you balls there. <laughs> um, um, the Red Shoe Club is uh, like, uh, uh, it's tough because when you Google it on most of the search engines, you end up, end up getting kickbacks for like philanthropic groups yes. and like big brother, big sister sort of things. But in actuality, it's a pedophile club. And everyone from Epstein to the Queen to all of the popes are regularly having parties where they all wear these red shoes. And you can also see it displayed in a lot of the elite artworks that are circled around the rich, where people are wearing red shoes. And um, what it comes down to is the practice of turning human flesh into clothes articles. But it, it actually is often the abusers themselves killing a child and turning them into shoes. Oh my God! I don't know. Have you recently heard that PETA, that animal activist group, actually just created a line of clothes made out of human leather? What? I, just like every other group, I, I they're funded by Kabbalists and uh, are oh, that's so evil. Yeah. They're pushing so much cannibalism on so many fronts of entertainment and consumption. That's insane. Yeah, and if it's wild but, because it, like. Uh, Char right now she was just surprised but like I'm not really surprised by this stuff that they come out like how much darker can like society get like we already have tender like the things that exist now if you were to tell them to someone in the 50s they would be like what is wrong with you like are you insane but it's just not all in the open sexuality satanism cannibalism um, eating people like it's now all in the open and if people can't see it like I don't know. I don't know what I, I can't help you. Like if you can't see it, it's right in your face. You've been indoctrinated so hard that I'm sorry. I'm not going to waste my time trying to save you. I'll give you some links and some info, but I'm not going to try to convince you anymore. And that's that's just the thing. Like, I, I'm not surprised insofar as shocked that they would do such a thing. But it's just it's shocking to me how much they've ramped up just how public they're making everything and just how how fast everything like that is normalizing. Like that has really ramped up in the last few years. And am I, am I wrong? Like, I guess I wasn't researching many, many years ago, but like, has it not been a lot more under the rug up until the last few years? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Please take it, Ashley. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very much a part of the process of uh, brainwashing and indoctrination and the predictive programming that they do. Like, I, I remember when Katy Perry had that one music video come out where she was, like, prepared into a soup oh, and shit. served. I don't know which song it is, but it's one of them. Mm. That that was shocking to people. But every new piece of media that they come forward with, they kind of step up the bar more and more in terms of debauchery and depravity. Mm-hmm. And it's a process of normalization. So even when we were children, I, I can't imagine we would have ever thought we would see a day where a commercial would come on YouTube saying, do you want to know what it's like to eat your favorite celebrity? Because we can 3D print you a sausage. Oh, my God. I haven't even oh. heard of that. That's Bite and Labs. Yeah, that's quite the, that's quite the operation. Yeah. It is. And, and even Mark Zuckerberg's wife, she's part owner of the Cannibal Club in L.A., which, again, Katy Perry and the freaking Clintons and just a, a bunch of big A-list so-called names have been very proud to say they eat at, and it serves human. Really? Who? Mark Zuckerberg's wife? Yeah. She's a part of what? She's a part owner of the Cannibal Club. Oh, my God. I'm going to look that up in a bit. That's 
that's like why why are people doing this like if you were to tell this to like i said somebody in the 50s that would think you're insane but you, if I mean, if you were to tell just some random hipster right now they'd probably be like oh that's actually pretty interesting i might check it out myself and it's like wow how did they manage to pull this shit and it's all normal like you said it's normalized indeed okay so anything you want to talk about uh, char you didn't speak much <laughs> well she she does a much better job than me let me ask y'all this um, uh, once y'all did become friends do y'all like usually meet and actually meet person to person now Oh yeah, we've. Um, I, I lived with her for a brief period, and we, uh, we, yes, we definitely have lots of face-to-face time. But we have spent many, many hours on the phone. We'll call each other to either tell each other one quick little thing, or just like have a little quick discussion. And next thing you know, we've shared a million different links that we've just recently seen, or talked about documentaries we fell asleep watching last night, and we end up talking for hours and hours. And there's just so much. I, I love, I love, and I feel so, so blessed that I've met Ashley because. With her, it's not just about telling you, telling you like these facts and telling you these um, these pieces of truth. It's about having like actual intelligent discussion about well, what do you think this means, and like what do you think the implications are, and like what would their next step be, and like how did this tie into this? And it's just it's just a beautiful thing to brainstorm, and it just when you when you do that and when you do your own research, you go searching for the answers for certain questions and then you realize that there's a hundred other questions that you didn't realize you needed to be looking for the answers for while you were looking for the answer to the original question right i think it's so beautiful because like you said you can spend hours talking to people like like us and i'm not saying there's something special about us but like i can't imagine talking to some of my coworkers like for hours about uh the weather or sports it's like I can't, I don't even know anything about sports. I used to be so deep into sports, but after a mushroom trip, it's funny. I, I was, I took a big dose of mushrooms and I saw soccer on TV and I had this idea of like, why are these grown men fighting over a ball? Like, why don't they just play all of them together? And I was just like, how insane, how much money, billions of dollars is poured into this, the construction of stadiums, printing clothes, how much money, how much of an enterprise it is just to keep the people distracted with a ball. Like the idiocy I saw that day, I can't, I can't look at sports the same anymore. It's just like, why are billions and millions of dollars spent into this for people fighting over a ball? Like, it's just ridiculous to me. That's very well put. That's, uh, that's very, very well put. <laughs> what were you saying, uh, Ashley? Sure, just said that's very well. What were you going to say, dear? I just said that's very well put. It's very well worded. I, I like the way that he... He framed that. That's an excellent point. <laughs> when you put it that simply, it does seem extremely ridiculous that grown grown individuals are fighting over a ball or a, or a birdie or a, or a ball, whatever, and people pay for that, and billions of dollars get dumped into that, and it's a distraction all day, for and sure. Th- and not only that, but all the institutions of, of even religion, politics, is this people who put on this mask and think that it's something real and concrete, but no, it's just... People put these put themselves in these places of power and think that the things that they say are just what they are, and it's like, no, man, you're putting your fucking power and influence to create something, but that's not what it is. Humans are what they are. They are that I am that I am, and me, I feel like one of our purposes is to just figure out who we really are, what our gifts and our talents are, find similar people and have a discussion because, like, like what y'all have now, it's beautiful. Y'all can talk about anything. I'm sure y'all would have each other's backs no matter what 
And Absolutely. that doesn't really exist in society. Like, it's sad to me that people don't know their neighbors. I, I feel so blessed and so happy that I know my neighbors. I have them on my Snapchat. I can call them at whatever time and they will answer. We have each other's back. And I feel like if people just did that, and that's my motto that I always end with, know yourself, improve yourself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Y'all are already working on yourselves. Y'all found each other. And now look at what we're doing. We're talking. And so now as we begin to close, I like to end with uh, positive things. What is something that we can do to fight back or to push back against this system? For, yeah. for, for me personally, I, at the beginning of all of this, I thought that, that fighting the system and bucking the system and trying to specifically target, like go against the individual mandates and go against the individual rules and the individual things that, that we know are just wrong. I thought that was kind of the way to go, but I've, I've kind of shifted my mindset to thinking that you just need to disconnect yourself from the idea of the system in the first place. Because even if you're fighting it, you're still giving your energy to it and that's that's what they want. So you just need to look around you and be be thankful for what you have and cherish the moments that you have with your family and live your best life to be the healthiest version of yourself and not not sit in front of the TV for, you know, 12 hours a day and not buy into everything that you're, you're just told because somebody that makes a lot more money than you told you. So it's like, you got to just take responsibility for your own consciousness and your own understandings and just don't give any of your energy to the system that is trying to destroy everything beautiful in the world. Beautifully put walk away. What about you, Ashley? Very much agree with what Sharf said and it, it's kind of connected to recognizing that the system, all of those things we were talking about, the sports, the entertainment, even the education system, it's all different forms of bread and circuses, like whatever the Roman ruler said, like give them bread and circuses. It's forms of distraction and degradation to distract us from uprising. Right. And I think a part of that uprising is just trying things and trying to learn like you you had mentioned that you love at the very start that i'm a creative and i'm producing things but the system really does squish that out of us we're we're spiritual beings and therefore we are all creatives mm -hmm. but they make us insecure and scared and unable to be comfortable with failing and trying over and over again until you build up a skill set and everything really is just skills that you can practice and develop. And if you try enough times, you, you just keep getting up again and eventually you've, you've moved quite a distance at doing a thing. Yeah, and that's beautiful. a big part of what we can all be doing is like learning to darn our socks, learning to sit down and try and draw a tree or, or listen to the trees or go biking or, or fix a bike. Right. Like, be here now, people. So what, what Shar said is walk away. Don't, don't give them your attention because like she said, and you fighting it, you're fighting a windmill. You're not going to get anywhere. You're just fighting a system and it's eating your energy. Just be, be where you are and do the best you can with what you got and try to help those around you. And with what Ashley said, uh, let me just, uh, yeah, like she was saying, just do your thing where you can, like, be an artist. And I think that's the beautiful thing. I love talking to artists because like I said, these are people that out of nothing create something. And that's a reflection of God. It's in all of us. And we didn't even talk about that, Ashley. I'm sorry, but you guys, Ashley has, she draws some badass shit. She has her own little style. Can you plug up your uh, Instagram, please, Ashley? Yeah, 
Oh yeah, for sure. I'm facetious femme on Instagram and that's a F-A-C-E-T-I-O-U-S, which means a dark and kind of inappropriate humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, check it out because, see, you have your own personal style. And then I also love the fact that you even threw in, you were, you were, you put in your activism in that art. Like some of the drawings you have are speaking out against the worldwide flu and all the silly mandates and just the ridiculousness of what's really going on. And I think just, just another very powerful tool that people can use to wake others because th that's what the elite do. They use uh, entertainment and art to implant ideas in you and they're negative ideas. But if you can become an artist yourself and use that to spread good positive ideas or to even just fight back against the system, it's a very powerful way to do it. And like I said, in the spiritual war, it's not bullets, it's not bombs, it's memes, it's ideas, it's talking to your neighbors. So I wanna thank y'all for being here and um, I wanna definitely do it again because I wanna talk about your art, Ashley, and how you got into it. And here's the thing, I don't know, are, are, are you, what do you know about psychedelics, actually? Are you, have you ever delved into it? Because I saw you had an awesome painting of this lady, and she kind of like split herself where it was, she split her skeleton from herself, and it was just a very psychedelic picture. Where did you get the inspiration for this drawing? Well, while I have dabbled in psychedelics, that was actually a kind of coping mechanism painting because I have neurologic issues, and I'm in pain myself a lot of the time. And uh, during those years that I did the painting or in that time period, it was really intense pain a lot of the time where I described it as my skeleton trying to escape. Wow. So I, I tried to do a little musing drawing on that. Wow, that's powerful. I love that. How much meaning you can imbue into like an image. What kind of a neurological, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, not at all. Uh, I, I liken a lot of it to uh, one of the words that'll probably get us flagged by the algorithm, but they inject them into us at many times through oh, our education man. and our years and try and give them to us seasonally as well. Um, and it ended up causing me neurologic issues, one of which is fibromyalgia and uh, uh, neurasthenia and I have Raynaud's, I have arthritis. It's a, a whole myriad of different things and, and really intense sensitivities as well. So I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, fuck the uh, fucking pharmaceutical industry. Like people just think about it like this. Do you think a pharmaceutical industry wants healthy people or sick people? Just think about it. Think about that. Do you think they want people filling up hospitals or do you think they want empty hospitals? Just think about it that way, guys. The pharmaceutical industry is there to feed off of sick people. That's how they make their money. And I'm sure now, um, have you made an active change, like changed your lifestyle to where um, it, that doesn't affect you as much? I've definitely been able to heal a lot in the past year. Um, and that's really thanks to safer surroundings and a support system. Um, but to come back to the word, the pharmaceutical industry, pharmacaea itself is actually about poisoning. I can't remember the exact like rooting of the word. It's pharmacaea, yeah. The visual of the two snakes around the uh, hicidus or whatever that the caduceus, the caduceus, caduceus. Thank you. One snake represents healing, and the other represents poisoning. Oh. So it's really representative of the feudal slave system where they keep us trapped by poisoning us and healing us. Wow. I did not know that. That's, wow. 
Thank you, guys. Thank I love talking time. with people like y'all. And we're, I want to have you on again, both of y'all, so we can talk about you, Ashley, and your, whatever happened with the, your neurological and how you've kind of healed yourself. Because I think it's very... One thing that I like to talk about is how to heal yourself. Except Because once you do, um, if you heal yourself, you actually heal back seven generations in the past and seven generations in the future. Just you noticing who you are and where you are in space and time and fixing it and really addressing it and trying to figure out why you're here can create a whole lot of positive ripples. So I want to thank you again. And is there anything y'all want to leave for the public? You want to uh, plug your stuff, Char? Um, I would just, just maybe my TikTok account. Uh, my TikTok handle is are you ashamed? It's just the letter R underscore, just the letter U underscore, and then the word ashamed. Okay, there you have it, guys. We had amazing Char and amazing Ashley. And it's not just regular Ashley. She used it with an E-I-G-H, so that makes her very special. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, we can do this again, guys. I hope so. And um, I want to thank you all once again and hope you all have a great, blessed week. And I like to end every episode with the song. And I never like to think about it. I like to do it spontaneously. So I want to end it with this song by Cage the Elephant called Cry Baby Cry. And I want to... I want you all to see it in the terms of kind of like what Char was saying. You can give them your attention and try to fight it, but you're going to be crying the whole way. It's, you, it's an uphill battle. You're fighting against the world. So walk away. Just be with your family. Be with yourself. Help those around you and stop crying. Take action. So I'm going to play this song, guys. It's about four minutes long. And if y'all can stay with me, we can talk off the air a little bit more and just discuss for the next time. Perfect. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thank you. All right, guys. So remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do.
Peace.